BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. All right, let's get today's Ben Jarofsky wow. show underway. Oh, Valley Girl Ben may be joining us for a while today. That's awesome. Um, no, that's my Christopher Walken imitation. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Love Chris. You like Christopher Walken? Oh, absolutely. He's bizarre. Yeah. Oh, come on. Say, uh, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell in, uh, as Christopher Walken. That's I got a fever. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, what? And the only what's, what's the only prescription is what? More cowbell. And the oh yeah, <laughs> the cowbell. That Saturday night. Well, Will Ferrell kills it, man. <laughs> I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> more cowbell. Oh lord. All Why right. do I keep picking it <laughs> okay. up? Let's rein it in here a bit. All right, your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, November 18th is moments away. But first, we got to thank the people who help bring you this program, like the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Go check it out for all there is to know in the city of Chicago. You get articles from this guy, Ben Jarofsky, as well as our uh, colleague, Maya Dukmasva, and so much more, the Chicago Reader. Go subscribe. Go check it out. And uh, if you want to help out this program, yeah. Go subscribe to the Chicago Reader. It'd be fantastic. And today's Bendrovsky show is brought to you by the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right. Your song of the day does come from Frank. He's very good at picking these songs of the day. Uh, Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry. Oh, I love that. Play that funky music, white boy. Play that funky music. Always love that song. Always love that song. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. Where's my spread? Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Everyone hears that. It is Wednesday, November 18th. And live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Wednesday. And here's why. The Rudy, Rudy, Rudy is, of course, Rudy Giuliani. Who else? As in Rudy, 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 do you love me? Oh, there's Actually, three Rudys? From... <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Three. I put two in the title. Oh, gosh darn. Don't you hate when things like that happen? They love... I'm changing it now. The first... 60 years of my life calling Ray Davies, Ray Davis, Ray Davies. So that's mild compared to me. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Actually, that's a song from the 60s. Julie, 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 Do You Love Me by Bobby Sherman, perhaps Dennis's favorite singer. Anyway. Uh... I love Bobby Sherman. <laughs> I am down for the BS. Bobby Sherman. Uh, I can guarantee you that young Dennis has never heard of Bobby Sherman. Nor should any of you. He's not worth knowing about. Don't look him up on the internet. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. It applies to Rudy and his good friend Donald Trump, who apparently loves Rudy very, very much, as he is allegedly considering paying Rudy $20,000 a day to handle his campaign's legal challenges. Notice I said allegedly. 
The allegations come in a New York Times story that I just read, and it says, and I quote, Giuliani asked the president's campaign to pay him $20,000 a day, according to multiple unnamed people briefed on the matter. That's 20 as in 20,000 with two T's. That's a lot of money, my friends, $100,000 a week. $5.2 a year for legal services. It's more even, according to the Times, than the going rate for the top of the line lawyers in Washington, New York, which is only $15,000 a day. Or hold on, damn this moment as I do the math. $3 million a year. Now, the key part of that sentence is allegedly because Rudy Giuliani denies it. Yes, sir. He says it's not true. And I will now read to you Rudy's exact quote. Hold on. Drink of water to prepare for this quote. Read. Mm. There we go. All right. That's so delicious, that water. Quote. (laughs) Quote Rudy Giuliani. I never asked for $20,000. The arrangement is we'll work it out in the end, unquote. And then Rudy said, quote, whoever said he made the $20,000 a day request is a liar, a complete liar. End of quote. Not just a liar, mind you, but a complete liar. I wonder what the difference between a liar and a complete liar is. I mean, if you're a liar, you're already a liar. It's like like a half liar. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. You, need, you don't really need the complete, Rudy. Just saying. For the record, this is not the first time Rudy has called his accusers a liar. If you remember, he said the same thing about the scandal from Borat that I call Little Rudy Gate. We'll get to that later. (laughs) So now the question is, who do I believe? Rudy Giuliani or his unnamed accusers? Now, this is a tough question. I want to be fair. So I'm going to sift through all the evidence. On the one hand, The accusers are, as I said, unnamed, so you don't really know, you know, how much we can trust them because anybody can say anything about anybody if they don't put their name on it. On the other hand, there are multiple unnamed accusers. So, I mean, every, not everyone could be making this stuff up. And then on the other hand, running out of hands one more time. Rudy doesn't have the greatest of all credibility when it comes to denouncing other people as liars. And that brings me back to little Rudy gate. If you recall (laughs) in the scene in Borat two, when Rudy Giuliani Giuliani's up in the hotel room with a TV reporter, who's really an actress playing a TV recorder while the cameras are filming it all. And they're flirting with each other. (laughs) And she puts her hand on his leg. And you can see Rudy getting all charged up. And then they cut to a scene in the next room, in the bedroom. And he's lying on his back on the bed with his hands deep down his pants. And I'm watching this thinking, oh, no, please don't tell me you're playing with little Rudy, Rudy. And just before we get that definitive answer into the room, bursts Borat, as played by Sacha Baron Cohen, and Rudy quickly pulls his hands out of his pants, and that ends that. Afterwards, the great debate raged. Was Rudy playing with little Rudy? To which Big Rudy said, no way, man. And anyone who says anything else is a big, fat liar. So when you consider the evidence, I'm starting to think that Rudy calling other people a liar is sort of his go-to counter move, if you get what I'm saying. Because it sure looked to me like he was playing with little Rudy. Anyway, it's not clear whether the representation Rudy's giving Donald Trump is worth $20 a day, much less $20,000 a day. Back to the New York Times story, and I quote, Mr. Giuliani, I love how the New York Times always called Mr. Giuliani, has encouraged Mr. Trump to believe a number of conspiracy theories about voting machine irregularities. And he's repeatedly insisted to the president that his other advisors have not been telling him the truth about his chances of success in legal battles. End of quote. In other words, Rudy's telling Donnie exactly what Donnie wants to hear. Dang, Trump, if that's all you want out of your legal representation, I'll do it for less than... 20000 a day? Of course, Donald will expect the money up front because, let's be frank, you don't have the best of all reputations for paying your legal bills. 
And who is ultimately footing the bill for all this? Well, who do you think, ladies and gentlemen? It's the same old red hat wearing suckers and saps known as MAGA. To prove my point, let me refer to you to this email solicitation I just received from Donald Trump telling me, quote, we need to fight back. Actually, this is my Donald Trump invitation. I can't feel it, D. We need to fight back. Contribute any amount immediately to the official. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) To increase your impact by 1,000%. That, that, That last part, that really killed me. If you give money now, you'll increase your impact by 1,000%. It doesn't even make sense. It's not like he's saying anything. You know, like there's like the other, the usual financial pledges. If you give a dollar, we'll match it with another dollar. Something very specific and concrete. This is like, you'll increase your impact by 1,000%. Means nothing. But I can see MAGA people all over the world like, whoa, I put my money in and something big will happen. MAGA loves Donnie. Anyway, I must confess, I did not contribute, D. I've never contributed to any fundraising appeal that I've received through the Internet from Donnie. But that has not stopped Donald from sending me other emails day after day <laughs> soliciting more money. i got to give him credit. He's persistent, but he has no choice. He's got to take care of Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. We got a great show today, Ooh. everybody. Monroe Anderson. That table is going to break, baby. That's going to go. <laughs> I give it two more weeks. <laughs> it's a sturdy table. Hmm. Got a lot of my unpaid bills on it, though. Just saw that. Uh, we have a great show today. Monroe Anderson will be here. He's not paying Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. By the way, he's been getting some of the... Somehow or other, Monroe got on the same email list. That's really... Got, Donald, I know you listen to the show every day. I'm just telling you right now. Man, that's... You're not going to get anything out of Monroe. I'm just, you know. But he's persistent. Got to pay Rudy. Anyway, Monroe will be talking all about politics of the day. Before we do that, the young man from Alton, the the man that Rudy Giuliani fondly calls Dr. D with the news. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Never met that guy in my life. Ben, is there like a leaf blower or something going on in the background there at your place? Yeah, there's a leaf. He's out. (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't. Oh, no. Heard it loud and clear. It. Yeah. It's a guy uh, in the yard next door. Yeah, hardly any leaves out there, but he's out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it My looks like neighbor. I don't hear it anymore, though. He shut the leaf blower off. Yeah, he'll probably turn it back on again. All right. Well, maybe next Actually, time. He's it probably comes... listening to the show right now, and he's like, oh, my God. Uh, I'm, I'm going to turn this off. I'm featured in the show. I'm like, okay. But, uh <laughs> Well, maybe if it comes on again, you just open up the window and we'll just really let people hear it. How about that? Oh, my. Oh, I hit him with the brown line. (laughs) Everything's happening. We left the studio date. It's a whole new day. Uh, Brown line, porta potties. What are you going to do? We will miss you, Suntime Studio. All right. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Chicago and we begin with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh, good afternoon, Madam Mayor. (laughs) How's it going? Better sit up straight. Yeah, Man, please sit up. Sit up straight. Tuck your shirt. Oh, in. All right. Uh, now we do have breaking news on the budget, but first, let's unpack what went down this morning. All right. Wait, now, hold it. What? You didn't do that breaking news thing. Oh, the people want to hear the breaking news thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we do have breaking news yeah. on the budget, but first. Let's unpack what went down this morning. Now, as we know, at the moment, the mayor is looking to get enough votes from her city council to pass her 2021 budget, a budget featuring a $94 million property tax increase. She needs 26 votes. But as we learned yesterday on the Ben Jarofsky show, she technically needs 25. Why is that again, Ben? Uh, because she would be the deciding vote uh, if there was a 25-25 tie. <laughs> but, you know, it's just a technicality. Okay. I guess it'd be pretty embarrassing if she you know, had to cast the deciding vote. But I, as I recall, Harold Washington was in a uh, position like that back in the 80s. And uh, he, he wasn't embarrassed by it. He was happy to cast the deciding vote. So. Just saying it's a technicality, yeah, right? It's the only show that uh, says 25, but hey, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's our know. niche, you know? Yeah. We're cheeky we'll like there. that. 
<laughs> All right. Now, will she get the votes? Yeah, more than likely. But according to the Chicago Sun-Times own Fran Spielman, as Lightfoot struggles to, vi- uh, to find votes, the mayor has herself to blame. Oh, and guys, by the way, this is one hell of an episode of a mayor and her alderman. <laughs> a mayor and her alderman. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh. <laughs> I will shut you down. I will lock you up. All right, so I have some else to you. So I have some aldermanic quotes to read here. A handful of our city council members talked with France Spielman about their thoughts on the mayor's rally to technically 25 votes. But before we get into that, Ben, I know you had something to say about this piece. Uh, I'll read the first line. Our listeners will then understand, obviously, why you had something to say about this piece. (laughs) And you tell us what's up. Okay, Spielman writes... Mayor Rahm Emanuel convinced 35 aldermen to approve a $588 million property tax increase, the largest in Chicago history for police and fire pensions and school construction. Why then is Mayor Lightfoot struggling so mightily to find 26 votes for a property tax increase one-sixth that size, followed by annual increases tied to the cost of living? More uh, Mayor Rahm mentions coming up in this article, but Ben, your thoughts. Hold on, I have to take a deep breath, Dave, because this could be just like a huge regurgitation all over my screen and my computer verbal regurgitation. Okay. Okay. Listen, why the difference between then and now? There are so many differences between then and now, not the least of which is that the people of the city of Chicago urged on, I might add, by the editorial boards, editorial board of both major newspapers and most of civic Chicago have decided that they want to move away from the days of Rom. Okay? It's like, we don't like those old days. We don't like when aldermen are rubber stampers and just do whatever the mayor says. If the mayor says jump, they jump. If the mayor says sit, they sit. We don't like that. Remember that? Man, it's like this town's got amnesia. It's like you can't remember anything. So it's not exactly a virtue that Alderman did whatever the mayor wanted them to do, especially when the mayor was Mayor Rahm, who usually wanted to do dumb things that didn't help anyone, like a certain TIF deal that went down in his last meeting of the city council, Lincoln Yards, TIF deal, worth billions of dollars. We'll get into that, Dave. We'll get into that. Take a chill pill, man. Oh, Rom, you should take the chill pill. Take three chill pills and come back in the morning and undo that TIF deal. So it's not like a good thing. That in the old days, the city council did whatever Mayor Rahm did. And by the way, before Mayor Rahm, there was a certain mayor daily. It's like the city's forgotten him completely. Everything Mayor Rahm did was something he learned from Mayor Daly. City of Chicago is incapable of remembering anything from past Rahm. Eh, just one mayor, that's it. I can't think past. So it's not a virtue you know, that aldermen do whatever the mayor tells them. And it, you know, this notion that somehow we're a more efficient city, we're a more uh, less chaotic city. This was a theme that really uh, irritated me when it was um, articulated in the movie City So Real. I wrote a column about it for the reader, D. When the powers that be are just having this, are dining uh, at some penthouse uh, dinner party Christy Hefner was uh, throwing and one of the uh, members of the, the dinner party said, I hope that whoever wins the 2019 election does not bring in another Harold Washington-like situation and is asked why. And he goes, because it was chaos. And that's this notion of civic Chicago and corporate Chicago that somehow or other, it's things are running more efficiently if the aldermen are like little lemmings going off a cliff doing whatever the mayor tells them to do. Because half the stuff that the mayor tells them to do, really nobody wants them to do in the first place, like give $2.3 billion or whatever it was for the Lincoln Yards deal. So, D, that right off the bat, it's not like it was a virtue 
that the alderman did whatever the mayor told him. And in fact, I would say that the voters of Chicago overwhelmingly vetoed that way of doing business when they elected Lori Lightfoot. They expected a new day and age in the city of Chicago. Remember? Bring in the light. Let in the light. Lori Lightfoot, who was endorsed by both newspapers, even a few podcast hosts, a little embarrassed to admit, voted for Lori Lightfoot. So it was supposed to be a new day. So I don't know why we're looking back at the old days when we rejected the old days. It's supposed to be a new day. And the sign of council debate and dissent is not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of chaos. It's a sign of democracy. We're not a dictatorship. This is not an autocracy. We're not supposed to just do whatever the mayor says just because the mayor says to do it. So that, just that whole notion, D, how do you put it? He grinds my gear. <laughs> That's the gears being ground. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, <laughs> that speech. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's little light of mine. All right, now to our alderman and alder mm. woman quotes. Uh, mm. Okay, actually, we begin with a quote from a former alderman. Mm. Uh, after we read the quote, you may understand why he's former. But anyway, uh, <laughs> when asked why the struggle to get the votes, former alderman Joe Moore, Ben of what ward? Uh, Joey, 49. Oh, okay, still got it, guys. Alderman <laughs> Joe Moore said, quote, she has not developed the kind of relationship that a mayor needs to develop to see a budget through in difficult times. When you're asking legislators to make politically tough decisions, it's always helpful. Okay, Ben, come on. Let's power through. Let's power through. <laughs> Joey, come on, Joseph. He said, when you're, when you're asking legislators to make politically tough decisions, it's always helpful to have built relations uh, relationships of mutual respect and trust. One of the things that made Rom so effective is oh, that God. it's power through. It's power through. Rom so effective. One of the things that made Rom so effective is that most of the aldermen felt he had their backs. All right, Ben. Most of the aldermen were scared of him. With you at the top of the list, Joey. I've, I've known Joe Moore for a long time. I like Joe Moore. I, I knew Joe Moore back in the day when he was a liberal. Yeah, he was lefty. I remember Joe Moore in the 90s was one of the aldermen who would vote no on a Mayor Daley budget. And he was praised for his independence. I remember Joseph Joe Moore when he stood up for uh, fair wages for workers in big boxes like the Walmart workers in the face of much opposition from Daley. He did everything he could to undercut Joe. I remember Joe Moore when he was exactly the type of alderman he's now criticizing. And he made a transformation. I don't blame him for making the transformation, D. It's hard fighting the man. I've been fighting the man in this town since 1981. You know where that gets you? In your attic, looking at a porta potty. <laughs> That's where it gets you. Yeah. You think Joe Moore wants to sit in his attic looking at a porta potty and his neighbor blowing leaves? Talking to me? No. Yeah. Oh, come on. He would love to talk to you. Now, no, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't get anywhere in the city of Chicago by standing up to me. Joe Moore, like, you see, he did that for like eight years. He goes, you know what? What did that get me? What did that? No, he did it more for more than eight years. Sorry, Joe. You did it for more than eight years. You did it for like, I don't know, 12 years. I can't remember. Point is, Joe came to the conclusion, you know, what has this gotten me in life? I am as lowly regarded by the powers that be in this city is that weirdo columnist for the reader, Ben Jarofsky. Who wants to be known like Ben Jarofsky? You know what I'm saying? It's like you could be hanging out with the real fast crowd of movers and shakers in the city, the David Axelrods and the Rahm Emanuels, or you could be hanging out with Dr. D in your attic. He's like, oh, me. Dr. D, Rahm Emanuel. Mm. And I like how I, I like how whoever this person is uh, pronounced your name correctly. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, young Joseph always pronouncing. He's not like Sue Garza. Jurafsky or Javorsky. So, yes, uh, Joseph, I do not begrudge you that decision. That was a decision you made. You thought it was in the best interest for you and your family. You decided, you know what? Instead of fighting the man, I'll join the man. And you're not the first alderman that's done that. 
You stick around town, you see it happen a lot. You know, it's like, I'm tired of pounding my head against the wall. I'm tired of pushing for change that never seems to come. I'm tired of standing up for the people who are like too chicken to stand up for themselves. You know, people in the city of Chicago. Oh, Ben, uh, my street was plowed. What a great city. You know, they don't ask for much, Chicagoans. So, you know, it's tiring. And Joseph said, you know what? I've been banging my head against this wall so much, I get a headache. And I'm sick of that headache. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to stop banging my head against the wall. And I'm going to hug the mayor. Not fight the mayor. Come on here. Hug. <laughs> and so it was. The young Joey was there to vote for the parking meter deal. Now you tell me, D, which kind of alderman would you, the people, rather have? One who would stand up and denounce the parking meter deal? in which we took an asset worth $10 billion and sold it for $1 billion and said, hey, Chicago, you got a billion dollars, fully expecting the people in the city of Chicago to go, wow, I don't know the difference between $10 billion and a billion because I'm a Chicagoan and I believe whatever I'm told. So, no, I, you know, the notion of Joe Moore fondly recalling the days of Rahm Emanuel, uh, <laughs> I'll just point out that Joe Moore was defeated in his last run for re-election from people in the 49th Ward who wanted to change. And Rahm would have been defeated, but he, unlike Joey, didn't have the guts to run for re-election. <laughs> I think I'll duck out here right now. <laughs> I can read the writing on the wall. Got a job with George. I'd rather sit with Chris Christie, uh, with George Stephanopoulos, braving COVID. Oh, please, uh, Chris, don't cough on me. Then uh, get my butt whooped by, I don't know, Lori Lightfoot. Probably. She was one of the few who had the guts to run against Rom when, uh, you know, to jump in the mayor's race before Rom uh, announced he wasn't running. So, you know, yeah, I just, this, this got me going. I, uh, Joe Moore reflecting on the effectiveness of a mayor, knowing full well that a decision an alderman makes to join an all powerful mayor really has nothing to do with the working relationship cultivated by that mayor or the brilliance of that mayor's ideas, most of which aren't brilliant, or the effectiveness of the mayor's fiduciary strategies, most of which aren't effective, most of which are just punts as we try to punt this problem down the road, figure out what to do, hoping that the Fed's kicking some money to bail us out. Please, Joe Biden, please. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with, huh, do I stick my neck out and get in trouble with the mayor by voting no? Get all a bunch of nasty phone calls. No. I think I'll just vote yes. It's a lot safer. That's what it has to do with, D. Come on, Joey. You know it's true. Joe Moore knows what's going on. Come on, Joe Moore. Come on. Huh. Come on, Joe. Huh. By the way, De Dennis, here you go. Ten trivia points. If you pull this off, I'm going to go buy you. I'm going to buy you lobster at Red Lobster. Are oh, you ready? My favorite. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, all right. For ten trivia points, what high school did Joe Moore graduate from? Oh, my God. He's a Whitney Young Dolphin, of course. <laughs> no, it's a trick question. And unfortunately, I'll be dining at Red Lobster by myself. Mm, I love the lobster roll. Six <laughs> feet. Stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evanston Township High School. Young Joseph grew oh. up in Evanston and then later moved to Chicago. Wow. Like a certain podcast show host. But Joey's younger than me, so I didn't know him. Did not know young Joseph. And I. He's a young guy. He's a kid, right? All right. Now, uh, rumor has it, too. We haven't really talked about this on the show. Uh, it's a great time to bring it up. Uh, rumor has it Mayor Rahm may have a spot in Biden's cabinet. What do you think about that, Ben? Live stream chat weigh in as well. <clears throat> Wait a minute. I, I can't even get the words out. You, I got to limit myself on this one? I'll just boil it down to this. Joe Biden, if you're listening to me, and I hope you are, please, please do not have anything to do with Mayor Rahm. Don't listen to his advice. Don't put him in your cabinet. Just let him sit over there with Chris Christie and George Stephanopoulos. Uh, <laughs> but do not, 
repeat, do not bring him in your cabinet. He was a disaster in the city of Chicago. He would have been rejected by the voters of the city of Chicago, but he was too chicken to run for reelection. His parting gift to the city of Chicago were two middle fingers raised high as he got his rubber stampers in the city council to approve two TIF deals that we can't afford. Now we're all crying over $94 million tax break. He just raised taxes, all billions of dollars for two TIF deals in gentrifying areas. They, you know what? Folks, they really think you're stupid. They think you're stupid. They think you're stupid because the city council are like wrestling with the $94 million issue, property tax issue. And just a year or so ago, just like that, the same aldermen who are wrestling with the $94 million tax issue passed over $2 billion. They jacked up your taxes over $2 billion to pay for Lincoln Yards. They didn't wrestle with that. It's kind of weird. It's like, why is 94 billion, uh, million, 94 million with an M, such a big deal, but 2.4 billion with a B, not? That's just, oh, but I think it was, oh, the effectiveness of Rom's working relationship with the city council. People of the city of Chicago, you have to be smarter in this, D. And I'm like Joe Moore. This is, you know, unlike Joe Moore, who decided back, I think it was, David, years, I think it was 2007 that he made that decision to go with Daly. Unlike Joe Moore, who essentially came to the conclusion that there was no point or purpose in batting your head against the wall because the people in the city of Chicago were sheep, who just did whatever the mayor said. <laughs> unlike Joe Moore, I'm not like that. I believe and the people of the city of Chicago. How about that, D? I believe that they're smarter than they've proven. I believe that they will stand up and do the right thing. It may take them a few years, like 100. Hope I'm around. Hope you're around to see the fruits of this. I'm making a bet on the people of the city of Chicago. They're not going to be fooled. Eh, maybe Joe's right about it. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I can't even remember where I was. Oh, Rom! <laughs> Please, Joe, please do not put Rahm Emanuel in your cabinet. We're going to be talking about this with Monroe. We've been talking about this a lot. There's like the split between the lefties and the moderates, the Democratic Party. Rahm is like, he can't stand the left base of the Democratic Party. Why would you alienate so needlessly? The people who are already kind of iffy about you. I know a lot of lefties. A lot of lefties aren't feeling you, Ron. I mean, Joe, I try to bolster him up. Like, come on, guys. He's really not a bad guy. Rahm Emanuel, I'll just tell you this, Joe Biden, top of everything else he's done, had evidence of a murder, Laquan McDonald murder, and he buried that evidence. And he only released that evidence, the videotape of the shooting. He only released that evidence because a Cook County judge ordered him to on a Freedom of Information Act request. That's the only reason we know about the shooting of Laquan McDonald. Everything that happened subsequent was because of that Cook County judge's ruling. That alone will haunt. Rahm Emanuel for the rest of his life. That's his legacy in the city of Chicago. Why would you want to revive all that and have that on your hands, Joe Biden? You gotta have more sense. Please, Kamala Harris, please tell Joe. He's gotta have more. So there's gotta be someone advising Joe Biden not to put Rahm there. D, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some faith in Joe Biden. I'm gonna say that most of these stories about Rahm getting that transportation department gig, are being advanced by Rom, and they're not being advanced by Joe Biden. So there, that's that's my that's my view on this. I'm going to send out good vibrations to get Joe Biden to do the right thing. Hold on, good vibration time. Send those good vibes. Send those good vibes. Come on, Joe Biden, make the right decision. Wait, what's that? Play the radio. Make sure the television. <laughs> excuse me. Okay. <laughs> so you've said that a lot on the show, sir. 
All right. Uh, oh, by the way, shout out to Brianna on the live stream chat. Uh, Brianna says, hell, I wouldn't put ROM in my kitchen cabinet. <laughs> oh, didn't like that one. He was drinking water when... You should have done that while I was drinking the water. There's now water on my notes, and I can't read my notes. So okay. get a camera on your computer, and maybe I could have seen that. You know what I mean, boss? <laughs> uh, actually, I've learned subsequent. It's not the computer that is the issue, D. It's the monitor. Uh, <laughs> that was my my flannery. He's getting there, it's guys. The guys, he's getting there. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a new monitor, and then I'll be able to see everybody. Baby steps, guys. Baby steps. All right. So let's read more Alderman and Alderwoman quotes, uh, their thoughts on why Lori is struggling to get these votes that she needs. We do have breaking news, by the way. We're going to talk about that in minutes. But right now, let's talk about the chairman of the council's Black Caucus, the caucus that was, in fact, told to, quote, not ask the mayor for shit if they voted against her budget. Uh, it's Alderman Jason Irvin Benavides. What ward? 28. Oh, yeah. What a nerd. <laughs> Without hesitation. All right. Um, Who was his predecessor? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Maria Haddon. Okay, so let's do the quote. Ed Smith. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Here's the quote from Jason Irvin. Quote, the previous mayor had relationships built over years. She's honestly been the only person that has come into the situation without having really any relationships with anyone. It takes time to get there to build that type of relationship. Oh, God. <laughs> Was this Jason saying this? Yep. I don't know if Rom had any relationships with anybody, but he came in. They were just scared of him. Plus, he was Barack Obama's chief of staff. They like... All of Chicago was bedazzled, bedazzled by that. They love Barack Obama in Chicago. So, you know, whoa, chief, how many voters said this to me? Of any, Barack Obama's chief of staff. You know that, don't you? Oh, yeah, I did know. I, Michelle Obama pretty much threw him out of the White House because he's so annoying. Couldn't take another minute of him and dumped him on us. You know that, don't you? Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> so, I mean, this notion of relationships, so exaggerated. You know, I give Jason Irvin credit for, like, moving the Black Caucus in a different direction, inching it, you know, like every now and then trying to negotiate for something, <laughs> as opposed to the Black Caucus into the days of Rom, where, okay, sounds good to us, we'll vote for it. You know, now Jason Irvin at least says, well, wait a minute, we want something before you get our votes. What do you get? You could, you could debate whether what they get is of a value. God, I got to bring Mace Jackson back. I would love to get me. We're going to bring Mace Jackson. Got to bring him back to the show. Uh, if nothing else to talk about city so real, but Mace Jackson on the subject of the black cock is pretty funny. You got to get something. Isn't that how it goes in Chicago? Isn't it? We're such a transactional people. You know, isn't that how we do things in Chicago? So I give Jason Irvin credit for, uh, you know, moving forward a little bit on that whole transactional thing. A lot of members of the Black uh, Caucus voted for the Lincoln Yards TIF deal, by the way, which does absolutely nothing for any poor black neighborhood in the city of Chicago except divert property taxes that might otherwise help them. So I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing that they're a little more vigilant than they were under ROM. It's got nothing to do with relationships that were built. It's not a good thing for your ward if you have a good relationship with the mayor and the mayor gets you to vote for things that hurt your ward. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing if you like go out for lunch with the mayor and in exchange for going out for lunch with the mayor, vote for TIF deals that suck money out of your ward. So I just think this whole notion, D, of relationships built is like a myth. No good relations. They, they, I don't believe there's one alderman who legitimately liked Rom in the whole city council. They may say it because they're afraid of him. They like bite their head off. Well, Ben, maybe Alderman Roderick Sawyer, six-word alderman, can change your mind on that. Uh, he agreed politics and government is a relationship business. Uh, he said, quote, Lightfoot is picking that up and understanding that more and more every day. Once she gets a hold of that, she will probably be in a much better shape. Or much better space. Well, this seems to be the theme of the day. 
I love you. You love me. We're a great big family. I hope they have bad relationships. Does that mean if they force Mayor Lightfoot to make concessions that help their community as opposed to good relationships, which they approve whatever dumb proposal the mayor comes up with? How about that, D? Ever think of that? Oh, never in my you life. Know? This sounds like toxic relations, just saying. This sounds like this kind of relationships that you need a marriage counselor to come on in and help you out a little bit. Well, speaking of toxic, believe it or not, France Bielman got a quote from indicted 14th Ward Alderman Burger King Ed Burke on the matter. <laughs> Big Eddie. <laughs> okay, what did that say? Burke talked about the property tax. After all, his years in the finance committee, he's got quite a bit. He does know the city budget well. Ed Burke said, quote, the property tax in Chicago has historically been toxic. And I'm sure that the other members are hearing what I'm hearing when I go to church and people walk up to me and voice their concern. We know there's going to be some federal money coming. Why not anticipate that? Make some adjustments here and refrain from this increase in the levy. Wow. Where do I start with quoting Ed Burke? Uh, that would be Ed Burke, who's under federal indictment. Oh, and Ed that Burke? quote was brought to you by the 14th Ward Burger King. <laughs> Forgot to mention that. That Ed Burke. That Ed Burke, who uh, is so toxic, he's largely responsible for Lori Lightfoot's victory because she was one of the few candidates who had no relationships to Ed Burke. That Ed Burke, the Ed Burke who pretty much destroyed the political career of Tony Preckwinkle. That Ed Burke, the Ed Burke who is to the city of Chicago and Michael Madigan is the state of Illinois. That Ed Burke. Oh, I'm glad we're listening to him. Ed Burke. By the way, that was the funny thing. Like I'm walking to church and, and the ordinary peasants of Chicago come up to me and they go, Mr. Alderman Burke, please don't raise my property taxes. And I'm listening to them as I go to church. So suddenly Ed Burke is listening. I know I assume Ed Burke was walking to church during the years of Rahm Emanuel and Mayor Daly. I assume he went to church those years too. And I assume that he passed ordinary citizens, uh, constituents from his ward as he walked to church. I can't imagine, D, in the days of Rom, in the days of Daly, that any ordinary citizen of the 14th ward as they passed Ed Burke on his way to church said to him, oh, Alderman Burke, I love property taxes. Keep raising my property taxes. I really like them. It wasn't like property taxes suddenly became toxic when Lori Lightfoot became mayor, the same Lori Lightfoot, by the way, who used Ed Burke as sort of the personification that was all that was wrong with Chicago. So it's that she got elected because she would have nothing to do with Ed Burke. So now Ed Burke's getting his revenge by saying, <laughs> good luck with your little property tax thing. The same Ed Burke who passed every single property tax that Rahm and Daly wanted. Routinely, every single TIF deal that raised your property taxes just rubber stamped it through his finance committee. Now, I know that Ed Burke knows that property taxes are toxic. You know how I know that, D? Because he has made a very lucrative business out of doing property tax appeals for some of the wealthiest prop downtown property owners, including one, Donald John Trump. So why are we listening to Donald John Trump's property tax lawyer, give us advice on property taxes. Please explain that to me, D. You know, was Ed Burke concerned about the ordinary people he bumped into on the way to church in the 14th Ward when he was getting a reduction in the amount of property taxes that Donald John Trump played on, paid on his downtown tower? Huh? I don't think so. Even though by reducing the amount of taxes that Donald uh, Trump paid, he raised the amount of taxes that those people, those ordinary, lovely Chicagoans that he passed on the way to church every Sunday as he went to church, by reducing the amount that Donald Trump paid, he raised the amount that the people in the 14th Ward paid. That's funny. I never heard Ed Burke concerned about the property taxpayers of the 14th Ward and who's reducing taxes on Donald John Trump. So, D, I'll just say this. The last person I want to hear from when it comes to giving advice on property taxes would be Ed, I love you, Donald John Trump, Burke. 
All right, let's read some more quotes here from aldermen who are uh, talking about Lori Lightfoot's struggle on getting the 26 votes, or 25, sorry, Ben, and uh, their thoughts. Up next, it's Lightfoot's handpicked zoning committee chairman. It's Alderman Tom Tunney, Ben of what ward? 44th. Never change. I hope you never, ever change. <laughs> All right, 10 trivia points. Name the restaurant he owns. Okay, I hope you do change when it comes to that. Um, <laughs> oh, he's um, Ann Sather. Ann Sather. Get that man a cinnamon roll oh, right now. Please, there absolutely. Someone seriously do that. Uh, Tunney questioned why the mayor chose to freeze property taxes in her first budget instead of confronting the city's $30 billion pension crisis, saying, quote, we all clapped our hands last year saying there was no property tax increase, and yet you knew these ramp-ups were coming. So now you're doing the CPI where we should have been doing it before and making the tough vote in our first year of the administration rather than this fear-mongering about the tax bill will come when the voters are trying to decide who their next alderman is. I find it a little disingenuous. Yeah, you know what I find disingenuous, young Tom? I find it disingenuous that you voted for that uh, Lincoln Yards TIF deal and never once mentioned the property taxpayers of the 44th Ward. Because as I like to say, that TIF deal, like every TIF deal you voted for, raises property taxes. So I just feel compelled to point this out, that all these vigilant guardians of the property taxes increases, trying to protect the citizens of the ward from property tax increases, only do so when it comes to these mayoral budget debates. But comes to TIFs, they pretend that doesn't increase the property taxes. And that's why, D, I raised the white flag last year and said, you know what? If they're going to pretend that TIFs don't raise property taxes and we need money to pay our obligations, make the whole city a TIF and pay the obligations with the TIF revenue. And then Tom Tunney and Ed Burke can go back to pretending that we haven't raised taxes at all, at all even as we pay more money in property taxes okay that is not how to get free cinnamon rolls dude <laughs> i know i blew it again come on man. let me redo the whole thing hold on <laughs> i think tom tony is an outstanding citizen alderman and i love his cinnamon rolls oh they're amazing please they're great send some to us i'll edit i'll edit that and then that'll be good yeah. okay cool cool all right let's do one more quote here uh it's from our good friend we haven't heard from her in a while uh the 10th ward alderwoman herself one sue sadlowski garza uh she pushed for the 16 dollars a month employee head tax on amazon and other logistics operators with more than 50 employees saying quote as far as i'm concerned a dollar and 25 cents on a package coming to my door that i'm paying i don't think the consumer is going to see it i just wanted to get garza in there in the news yeah sue garza she loves tom petty and the heartbreakers ladies and gentlemen she loves tom petty and the Heartbreakers. all right yeah, I, I don't know but what do you think about that amazon tax d oh, i asking, never get anything from amazon you, you're so asking me who do i look like me? scott waggis pack or something <laughs> <laughs> who am i do you ever get anything from amazon uh, uh, not really. Every now and again, I will. If it's something kind of rare or random, you know what I mean? I will. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, fine with me. Raise it on air. I never, since I never used the damn thing. Sure. Let somebody else pay for it. I'm with you, Sue. All right. Now, real quick here, back to former Alderman Joe Moore. He weighed in with more on this Fran Spielman Ooh. article. Fran, great work. Great work. Check out the Fran Spielman show, guys, everybody, at the Chicago Sun-Times website. She interviews the big wigs. Oh, and she holds nothing back. She corners them. It's good times. All right. Uh, back to former uh, Alderman Joe Moore. On the anniversary of Lightfoot's first year in office, Joe Moore warned the day of reckoning was coming for Lightfoot with, quote, a lot more socialist and uber-left progressives <laughs> on the council <laughs> who are going to vote against her no matter what because of her pragmatic governing style. Oh, my God. Moore <laughs> then likened Lightfoot to Bruce Rauner, a my way or the highway outsider who became a one-term governor. Obviously, we know all that. Uh, Moore said Lightfoot, quote, might be able to cobble together the 26 votes she needs to pass the budget, but he wouldn't bet on it. And then he says, quote, when you're a week away from a budget vote and you're 11 solid votes behind, that's not a good sign. Uh, and then, oh, here we go, Ben, just... Wait till we get the quote out here, okay? He says, in the Daily and Rom days, <laughs> they were all about running up the table. They weren't just fighting and clawing for 26 votes. They were fighting and clawing for 46 or 50 votes. 
Okay, Joey, calm down. All right? It'll be all good. As I said, covered much of this already. That's not exactly a virtue to find 48 lemmings willing to march off a cliff with the mayor or 45. How about that? I think it was 45. I have to look it up. Who voted for the parking? Not a good, not a good thing. Not a good way to run a city. Just have. Remember when they had the parking meter deal? Uh, Richard Mel, Alderman Richard Mel said nobody reads this stuff anyway. Just vote for it. That's that's your good old things. That's my pooper. That's your good. That's your guy. You like that? That's your guy. That's what you want to emulate, huh, Joe? Oh, the good old days when you, nobody read, nobody paid attention. No Alderman followed anything. Just do whatever they told. That's your eye. That's your that's your idea of good government, huh, huh, Joe? And by the way, and the the total gratuitous red baiting about the left, the U- Uber left. I, when I first heard you say that, I go, what, "Did he say Uber Lyft? Was he like getting his ride sharing things mixed up?" And they go, "Uber left." I remember Joe Moore when he was standing up for the workers in big box, like. Walmarts, etc., asking for a, a higher minimum wage for them. And the right in this town, or the center in this town, everybody attacked him as a lefty. So it's so funny to hear Joe Moore use the rhetoric that was once used against him, against the people who are sort of like the he. Oh, boy. The sentence. I was like a daily mode where I started a sentence, didn't know where I was going to end it, and hope it worked out. Point is, Joe doesn't look good on you, okay? It doesn't look good on you to see you doing the same thing that people used to do to you. And to do it to what? To justify the Lincoln Yards deal? Is that what you're justifying? The way we did things back just a year or so ago? So no, I, uh, man, I I read that. And by the way, I'm gonna stand up for um, the lefties in the city council. These are some of my favorite politicians in the city. They're not just routinely, but this is so Chicago. Oh my God. This is what they used to say about Joe Moore. Oh, you just voting no because you want to vote no. Wait, wait, I don't believe in something? I don't, like my vote, I, I'm not, I'm voting no. I don't have like a justification for it. <laughs> you just want to be the no guy. <laughs> That's what you always would tell me. Oh, you just don't like daily. Not even, even my dear friend Romani, you just don't like Ron. <laughs> wait. You think this is all about I don't like daily? Or I don't even know these people. Anyway, what, Jeanette Taylor? You saying Jeanette Taylor doesn't have principle, Joe? Is that what you're saying? You're saying the great Jeanette Taylor got more guts and courage than probably any politician in the city of Chicago? She doesn't believe in what she says? You don't think Maria Haddon believes in what she says? Or Matt Martin? Matt Martin's got a lot of guts. So I'm in the 47th Ward, of affluent ward, well-to-do ward, Mayor Rahm's ward. I live in the 47th Ward. I know how people in this ward think. Matt Martin is standing up for, like, people don't even live in this ward. You don't think he has any convictions? What, do you think he just wakes up and goes, oh, I'll vote no because I just want to vote no. No, there's, like, progressive ideas that you used to believe in and that you used to fight for. And that's what the Matt Martins and the Maria Haddons and the Jeanette Taylors and the Carlos Ramirez Rose, that's what they're fighting for. It may be embarrassing to you when they articulate their point of view and it makes the rest of the city council look a little regressive. It may be awkward for the other aldermen to have to vote in the face of these arguments from the left. But I, 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 don't, think it's, I don't think it's fair to just to lump them up as just the no group. Oh, I just want to vote no, because they don't like the mayor. It's not a personal thing. It's not like the high school and the cafeteria. This is what they believe in. This is what they ran on. What, do you want to ab- abandon everything they ran on as soon as they get elected? Well, I got elected now. Now I'm not going to, I'm going to throw away everything I ran on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell, <laughs> sell everything out, because I just want to be one of the yes. I want Lori to get a 48-2 to two win on the budget. You know, I knew you had a lot to say about this uh, article today. <laughs> Now to the breaking news. All right. This comes from who else but Franz Spielman. The Finance Committee okays tax hike package, including the $94 million property tax increase. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's $195.7 million revenue package 
got the go-ahead from the Finance Committee. 18 votes were needed for passage. The final vote was 21 to 12. Oh, we got the no group. We got the no, guys. The aldermen voting no were Brian Hopkins of the 2nd Ward, Anthony Beal of the 9th, Patrick Daly-Thompson of the 11th, Marty Quinn of the 13th, Edward Burke of the 14th, our good friend Raylo, Ray Lopez of the 15th, Matt O'Shea of the 19th, Silvana Taberis of the 23rd, Anthony Napolitano, 41st, Brendan Riley, 42nd, Tom Tunney, 44th, and Deborah Silverstein, a lady I don't think we've ever talked about on the show, of the 50th Ward. The vote on the rest of the revenue package was 20 to 12. Only one of the no votes was cast by a member of the 20-member Black Caucus. Chairman Jason Irvin told the Sun-Times the Black Caucus came around after the mayor agreed to increase funding for violence prevention and for a pilot program to respond to emergency calls involving people suffering from mental health issues. She also agreed to pinpoint future capital projects on the south and west sides well i just like to point out uh for joseph moore's edification that none of those no votes were cast by anyone resembling an uber leftist or an uber liftist if that's what he actually meant to say (laughs) not one I'm looking at those guys. Those are all like downtown aldermans, like Brian Hopkins, Mr. I Love Tiffs, and uh, Brendan Riley. Or they're aldermen from the outlying wards, the Palatano on the 41st, O'Shea in the 19th. Lakefront alderman, Tommy Tunney, Silverstein, Deborah Silverstein, uh, Dennis's favorite alderwoman from the 50th ward, as Dennis knows. I know. Uh, and uh, <laughs> no, she's not related to Shell Silverstein, although I do love Shell Silverstein. So, um, yeah, so these are not lefty aldermen. These are aldermen who are now running as uh, protectors, defenders against property tax increases. And I'd, have, I'd love to go look and see which ones voted for the Lincoln Yard TIF deal, which probably will raise property taxes much more than the $94 million uh, property tax hike in this budget. And by the way, can I just say this? Looks like Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, got her 26 votes, D. If she got 21 in the, the uh, finance committee, looks like she's going to make it. So, <laughs> Joe, you know, doesn't matter. She's going to pass her budget. And it's so weird. Like, I feel like I'm happy for Lori. I'm like, I've really got my issues with Lori Lightfoot these days, the way she's running the city and everything. But when I see this counterattack, this counter narrative, I kind of like rooting for her, you know? So, hey, hey just saying, Joe. You know, she got her budget. You know, it's not like and and the great relationship advice that Tom Tunney was giving and Ed Burke was giving. Hey, guys, doesn't matter if you get 48 to 2 or 26 to 24, budget still passed. The deal still still goes through. So it looks like she got her budget. Not saying it's a great thing. I'm just saying she got her budget. After all that, she got her budget. All right, and there it was, a highly dramatic, jam-packed episode. What will happen next week? Well, we'll have to tune in to find out. Tune into a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. I don't want an answer. It's not something you ignore. <laughs> I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> All right, everybody, find us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. If you'd like us to read your email on the program, well, we'd love to do it. Just leave your name and where you're from. Uh, in fact, Ron reached out to us on email. I guess he's listening live. He said, Dear Ben, I'm from the 49th Ward. Thank you for criticizing and giving the history of Joe Moore. I'm sick of hearing from Joe Moore. Thank God we now have Maria Haddon. Thank you very much, uh, Ron. You're awesome. Uh, you can always send us an email, and you can call us, 708-658-4788. The number again, 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show and leave us a voicemail. And if your voicemail isn't too insanely crazy, there's a good chance we're going to play it. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and coming up, 
Legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson is going to be talking all things that election that I guess is still going on and more. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We're live from my apartment and Ben's attic. A mayor and her alderman. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan.